You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. And headlining this batch is the Knicks and the Nets, which I was asking Matt, our producer, who's a Nets fan, if this is a rivalry matchup. And I think the resounding answer is yes. Jenks, what's the best rivalry you've ever been a part of? Well, obviously, I would say Texas, Oklahoma, because when you're talking about college football, that's about as good as it gets. And I will say that it is an experience that is different than any other any other rivalry just because of how unique it is where it's played at a neutral site and you have one, it's not like one side is Oklahoma and the other side is Texas. You have one half of an oval that is Oklahoma and the other half of the oval is Texas and you've got the state fair going on outside. So it's just different than anything you've ever seen. In fact, Bo Schimbeckler, the legendary coach at Michigan, came down, watched this game, and this is a guy who's been a member of Michigan-Ohio State rivalries forever and ever and ever. You know, obviously he's not alive now, but back in the day, and he said, this is the most intense rivalry I've ever seen. So that, someone who knows rivalries in college football as well as anyone to be able to say that, and you could look that quote up, I'm not making that up, then I certainly think that speaks to the intensity of it. But also, there, I absolutely acknowledge when you're talking about the Iron Bowl, if you're talking about Carolina and Duke and basketball, there's a ton of great rivalries out there. I don't think they're nearly as prevalent in pro sports, maybe like the Celtics and Lakers back in the day. Even now, there's there's a little something to that, but that's part of the fun of it all. I think every great rivalry thinks that they are the best rivalry. Yes. Because everybody who is a part of like UNC Duke, they'll say, oh, bar none is the best rivalry in all of sports. And if you look at somebody who is a part of Red Sox-Yankees, they'll say, oh, no, have you seen the ALCS and some of these historic performances? Ours is the best rivalry. And here's the thing. They can all be great. Like, they don't need to be, you know, number one and number two, but that's what our society likes to do. We like to put things in lists and keep things ni- uh, nice and tidy. But when it comes to betting, is this a part of your handicap? Because not only do we have Nick's Nets today, we also, I believe, have Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl of basketball. Oh, yeah. Do you think that there is a place for this uh, between all the numbers and stats and trends? Yes, no question. A rivalry game in college sports in particular, in pro sports, a little bit, sure. There are certainly teams that don't like each other and teams that have a history playing against one another. Now, I think this was more prevalent back in the old NBA, and I'm going to sound like an old head here, but this is the thing I miss about the NBA, is that teams and players hated each other. These guys did not like each other. They didn't want to play with one another because they wanted to beat the hell out of each other. And it's not like that anymore. In the NBA now, guys are like... Everyone hates the Grizzlies. That's true. But 
who is the Grizzlies' <laughs> primary rival? Is there one team that is the, the Warriors? Grizz, maybe the Warriors? It's pretty yeah. one-sided. That's probably, yeah, and that's not even a rivalry. It's just these no, young guys but... who are mega talented talk a lot of smack. But no, you make a good point. No one likes the Grizz. They're very brash. They talk a lot, but they haven't won anything. But ultimately, if you're going to have a rivalry, you have to have, like the Celtics and Lakers, they were both winning championships. So that was a rivalry because these guys were all over each other. They couldn't stand each other. They had two of the greatest players to ever play the game in Bird Magic, and they were both winning titles. So yeah, it's a rivalry for today's NBA, but the Grizz haven't even won a Western Conference title. So yeah, I, maybe I factor that in if, if the Grizz are facing the Warriors, but ultimately I put more into it if we're talking about college sports because certainly Alabama-Auburn on any playing field is a rivalry. I want to talk about this for a second because I hear okay. this argument all the time that all of the players love each other and they all played AAU together and there's no ferocity in the NBA mm -hmm. anymore. Let me tell you, some of the superstars in the NBA, it may not be rivalries between teams, but there's certainly rivalries between players. Some of the NBA superstars are some of the pettiest guys you'll find. Oh, sure. And that's including the real housewives on Bravo. Like, look at huh. Kevin Durant. He is one of the best, most talented basketball players on the face of planet Earth, but yet he's still doing Twitter wars with people, mm -hmm. even against teams that he wasn't even playing in the matchup. Like, remember him going at Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid had this long hype video of him doing, you know, the suck it move from, you know, mm -hmm. 1990s wrestling. So, yes, I think the rivalries aren't as great as they used to be when it comes to a team aspect, but I think it's kind of lazy saying that, you know, there's no anger and no drama and no fight left in these NBA players because I don't think it's true. Oh, no, I'm not saying that at all. This is, see, this is a fallacy that people fall into. They're drawing lines and they're saying, oh, it's lazy to make this argument. It's not like that at all. Well, yeah, of course not. We're not talking about black and white here. We're talking about degrees and levels to things. There's always going to be rivalries in the NBA. There's always going to be rivalries in any sport whatsoever. That's the nature of competition. But compared to how it used to be, it's not close. So, yeah, yeah. Nobody, I'm not saying at all that there are players that don't like each other. Patrick Beverly doesn't like anyone. The Warriors don't like the Grizz. <laughs> LeBron doesn't get along with everyone. However, back in the day, these teams, Malice in the Pal, does anyone remember that? Does anyone remember yeah. Robert Parrish once in the 80s threw a punch at a Lakers player? Threw a punch. I think it was Didn't a Draymond player. Green punch one of his teammates? Yeah. But that's but that's not a rivalry. That's just Draymond Green being Draymond. I'm just saying that I'm not. I am not advocating the idea that there's no rivalries anymore, but certainly if you compare to past eras and past teams that didn't like each other, past rivalries, it's not nearly the way it was, but yeah, of course, rivalries and competition exist. I'm not saying that at all. I just think we hear this argument all the time. And a lot of it is, I'm not going to say revisionist history, but people romanticize like the old NBA. They say, Oh, well, they don't play defense like they used to. Well, they also they didn't don't. have the offensive talent like they do in today's NBA. So yes, the NBA is different, but I don't know. I'm just tired of, you know, older people just saying, well, I wish it was the way it used to be where they were throwing punches down low. Like, yeah, I would like to see some defense, but I also want to see people scoring and highlights. And, you know, Steph Curry's changed the game, I think, for the better. Well, sure. Well, I, this is when I go back to the gray area of things. Like, I don't mind more offense. It's, it's, it's exciting for the game. But also, when you talk, there was plenty of offense. Dude, Michael Jordan would score 40 points a game. Seriously. Because yes. the rules are different. We now. know. He's the, the greatest player of all time. Like, obviously. No, but, you, but I'm just saying, across the league, I think the offense is better. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is? Of course it is. But also the rules have changed. Like the rules are different. So the rules have been changed and shifted in the NBA where you can't hand check anymore. Okay. So there are rules that have made it easy. They don't, their fouls are so much more ticky tack than they used to be. You could get crushed going down the lane old school NBA, it was like, whatever. That's just, that's part of the game. It was a physical game. So to lighten the load on the players and to create a more palatable product, a more pleasing product, they loosen the rules. So it's much easier to be an offensive player. You have more scoring now than you ever had had ever in the history of the league. It's not an accident because more offense, more shots from the outside, it's more exciting. People like to see that. So I tend to think, yeah, I like more offense. I wish there were more defense because defense is a part of the game. So I, I don't say, oh, I want it to be like it was in the 80s. I like more offense, but also you can have that balance where you're also playing more defense. And Matt makes a very good point in the chat. This is across the board in hockey, in baseball, in football. Football used to be a running league. Now it is a passing league. More offense brings more eyes because people love to see points. They love to see scoring. They like to see people put the ball in the net or throw touchdowns, whatever it is. And so that's just a part of how we've evolved in sports and how viewership has evolved. People like points. That's why in sports betting, why do people always bet the overs? They want to see points. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. So I am just saying that we hear this argument all the time of people like romanticizing old NBA, and there are good things to new, new age NBA. And I know the defense really isn't there during the regular season, but I think it's just people don't really play defense in the regular season that much because the urgency is not there. All of these guys are saving all of their bullets for the postseason. But also, in yesteryear's NBA, did we see so many seven-footers and centers who were so skilled? Did we see Nikola no. Jokic on a, a daily basis? No. Dirk Nowitzki changed the game when it came to big men shooting threes. So I think there are things to today's NBA that people just kind of gloss over. Because this is what I'm getting at. It's just like I listen to NBA talk radio and all they talk about is like, oh, I wish they played defense like they used to. I and do. they're right. But I just feel like this is an overhashed argument that I'm tired of hearing. Because like you said, it's not just black and white. There are levels to things. So I think you could make a case for both sides. No, you absolutely can. And I don't disagree with that. I, I just think that there need, balance is the key for me. 
I don't like to see these games where it's like, oh, this team won 141 to 138. It's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? Play a little bit. Of and guys don't play defense. So that does bother me because you can make a name for yourself. Marcus Smart for the Celtics, one of my favorite players. Why? Because he is a defensive specialist. He is a part of a team that's close to winning a championship. Giannis Adetokounmpo, one of the greatest players on the planet. What is he great at? He is an incredible defender. So I'm not saying we need to go back to having games of 82-78. When you saw a bad basketball game in the 80s, early 90s, it was a bad basketball game. I do not dispute right. that at all. But you can make a you can make a career for yourself in the NBA being a good defender. And I just wish we saw a little more defense with the offensive output that makes the game more exciting. Well, I think a lot of it hinges on the effort too, because defense, half of it's effort. And we just mm -hmm. do not see the effort in the NBA on a daily basis. But that is not I don't even know if it's on the players. I feel like it's on the schedule and it's like everybody's like, well, it's a back to back. I'm not really gonna give it my all. So I think that's more of a testament to the NBA. But we were talking about rivalries and how maybe there's not any great ones left between teams anymore. But we do have a rivalry matchup tonight between the Knicks and the Nets. Is it the Nets team that we expected this season? No, it's not. It's a bunch of new faces. So I'm interested to see how the rivalry effect uh, takes place for some of these guys that are brand spanking new to this team. We've got the Nets getting seven and a half here. Uh, and the total 222 and a half. So, Jenks, I know the Knicks have been playing great basketball lately, but seven and a half is a lot of points. It seems like a lot of points, which makes me think that the Knicks are the right side here. Now, back into a back to back with the Nets, but whatever, they're going from Brooklyn to Madison Square Garden. So, is that something you take into account? Travel wise, no, but yes, they may have tired legs. I want to bring in Matt here because he is the resident. Brooklyn Nets, and Rutgers Scarlet Knights expert. Matt, what do you think? I tend to lean Knicks here because they've been playing so, or is this line inflated because of this winning streak? What's going on? I think this line is just a little bit inflated. Um, okay. I I don't know. Like The Knicks are just one of those very volatile teams that you can't really ever trust fully, I feel like, and they're not as good at home this year as well. And also, this is – you better believe that the New York Knicks fans are going to be trolling the Nets all night long for losing <laughs> the three superstars. So you have all these new faces coming in to a hostile environment. They probably didn't hate the Knicks and their fan base before tonight, but I have a feeling that that's going to change. Um, so I will definitely be taking the plus seven and a half with the Nets, flirting with the money line as well. But um, my favorite plays from this, Nick Claxton had three blocks against Giannis in the first quarter last night. And also Julius Randle, his double-double prop has dropped down to minus 115. These were like minus 250, minus 300 only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and now that Ben Simmons is out of the rotation, just Nick Claxton the rebound. So I would definitely give Julius Randle rebounding, double-double, all that good stuff, a really hard look. Here's the problem with Julius Randle, though. He's been shooting threes now. He was in the three-point contest, and all of a sudden he feels like he has to take – uh, a ton of threes. Do you think this affects his rebounding? I mean, maybe a little bit, but chances are on threes, they're probably a little bit longer of a rebound anyway, so maybe he can get his own. But I think if he's not shooting a three, he's going to be down low to get rebounds from other players. So I don't think it'll affect it too much. I mean, I think Mitchell Robinson being back has more of an effect on his rebounds than anything else. But yeah. We'll see how healthy he stays because he seems to get hurt every time he steps on the court. 
Yeah, because these two teams just played uh, back, uh, I think, February the 13th. The next one, 124-106. Julius Randle had 10 rebounds in that game, but I believe Mitchell Robinson was not playing. That's right. Uh, so I would probably be with you on the double-double because I do think it's a Julius Randle type of night, but I don't know. What about the Knicks in the first half? Because I think when you see a spread this large and you see a Knicks team that's the number one covering team in the first half, like, would you be interested in the next half, uh, first half, Jinx? Maybe. Yeah, I think we. this has been a trend that has that has been a moneymaker for most of the season. So based on their streak, based on this line, yeah, I think that's probably the better bet here. Yeah, I'll be on the Knicks in the first half. Matt's on the Nets plus seven and a half. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.